0: I'm so glad you guys are here today. I wanna to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 28. If you don't have a Bible, as you were entering uh, your campus, you received a worship guide and you'll see the key verse we're turning to right now at the top of that guide and a place to take notes if you'd like, but Proverbs chapter 28. While you're finding that, let me just say a special welcome to all the Lake Point campuses connecting with us, as well as our real life campuses and those connecting over the internet. So glad you guys are here. wanna remind us that we're in this series about wisdom, uh, God's blueprint for life. And we've covered so many topics and today as we come near the close of our, our series to look at just a, a basic question, how do you make a wise choice? What does it mean to make a wise decision and how do you get to a place where that you know that that decision is the wisdom of God for your life? And so Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 is where we'll begin and it is our key verse for the day. It says this, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who, watch this, walks in wisdom is safe. Their life is secure if they'll just walk in wisdom. You say, well, how do I walk in wisdom? Very simply, you walk in wisdom one decision at a time. Every decision you make is one step. Every choice you make is one step. If you think about it, your life is a culmination at this point of every choice you've made to this point. Every decision is a step toward God's best or away from it. Every choice is a step toward what God desires you to do or away from God's best for your life. And Some decisions are bigger than others, but all steps are important. That's why I love uh, Lake Point and Real Life's emphasis on teenagers because those formative years, you make some of the biggest decisions of your life, big leaps, big steps. At least you start going that way. Where am I going to go to college? What is my career going to be? What am I going to do with my life? Who am I going to follow? Get a little bit older, who am I going to marry? Big decisions out there, big choices, and every decision is a step toward God's best or away from it. Now speaking of big decisions, I wanna give a shout out to the Real Life campus in Austin. Last month, are you ready for this? They baptized 51 people, went public with their faith in Christ last month. So congratulations to all those who went forward uh, and did that and went public, and yes, that was a pool from Walmart. Yes, what you just saw, just it works, okay? And, and, and we think of baptism as a big step toward Christ, and many of us have done that. Some of you may need to take that step, but there's other big steps. But whether they're small or big, they're important. Wisdom knows that even a small choice is a big deal. So after this message, hopefully you won't be saying, well, it's no big deal. You know, what I watch on TV doesn't matter. Who I hang out with on the weekend, it doesn't matter. What I'm gonna do this weekend doesn't matter. What I look at on my smartphone is no big deal. Every decision, small or big, is important. And not just in a negative way, stepping away from God, but also stepping to him. Never underestimate the small decisions. Well, all I did was encourage somebody. Well, all I did was say, thank you for helping me. Well, all I did was invite someone to church and say, I'd love for you to come with me. Every small decision is a step. Every big decision and every choice matters. Every decision counts. Um, let me show you a picture of uh, our family vacation when we went out to Utah. This is my uh, oldest son, and he's he's standing on the path of what's called the hike to Angels Landing. And, and it's a beautiful view, but some of you right now don't have a great view. You're just in the, in the plotting of life, making the right choices. But God wants you to know, I want to show you this picture for everyone here to know, God wants to take you to another level. He wants to take you to another perspective, and it's one step at a time to get there. And as you climb, you're just going to turn the corner, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, wow. I'm at a whole nother level in our marriage or in this relationship or in my finances or in my health or with my kids because I've taken one step at a time toward God's best. Now that picture doesn't really uh, grasp just how intense this climb was and so bear with me as I show you a very brief video of Angels Landing Hike and one small part of this. 1,100 feet drop-offs on either side, one step at a time, being very careful where you're stepping. And as you take that step, you're getting closer and closer to this incredible view. And now when you, when you see that, uh, you say, well, Michael, why would I listen to you when it comes to making wise decisions? Because that looks like the dumbest thing anyone would ever do, Okay. <laughs> So bear with me because we're gonna look at Proverbs today and listen to what God says. I'm gonna point you to that. Uh, but, but I just want us to look at five decisions that, that you can hold on to that will help you make the right steps in this walk of wisdom. Before we do that, though, I think a lot of times we think that a, a right decision is a, is, a, is a quick decision. How many of you guys know that no one was running uh, up Angels Landing or on that hike? No one was running. Like, oh, well, let's, this is great. Everyone was being very cautious because every step mattered. I think as Americans, we think that uh, a decisive leader is someone who just can make a quick decision. But, but oftentimes, I've had to learn this the hard way. The, the fast decision isn't necessarily the good one. The quick decision isn't necessarily the right one. Wisdom makes the right decision and doesn't let enthusiasm get ahead of the wise choice. Look at this verse on the screen. Proverbs 19, verse two says, enthusiasm without knowledge is not good, and patience will get you into trouble. And I think if we're honest, sometimes we, we, we're so frivolous about choices that we get ahead of God and ahead of ourselves, and we don't make the cautious right step to say, you know, I'm excited about this, but is it the wise move? So these five principles I wanna share with you, some of you are facing big choices, big decisions, life-changing decisions of who you're going to marry or maybe another decision within your marriage as a couple, maybe in a relationship or with your health or with your kids or with a business. Others of us are just gonna face a lot of choices this week. Either way, these five principles need to get held onto. Now, what I didn't show you in the last video, you may not have noticed, is the fact that all the way up Angel's Landing, this hours, hours and hours and hours hike, there's a chain. And all you've gotta do is hold onto the chain, and then you can make the right step. And so, just to get the full effect of this, please bear with this GoPro video of Angel's Landing, and my boy is right in front of me taking this walk. 1,100-foot drop-offs on both sides, and all you gotta do is hold on to the chain. Now, parents out there, I can't tell you how many times I said, hold on to the chain, okay? Hold on to the chain. Thousands and thousands, hold on to the chain. Hold on. Have I said hold on to the chain yet? Hold on to the chain. And when they would let go of the chain, that's when I would say, hey, 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 get the chain. Hey, hold on to the chain, all right? So you gotta hold on to the chain because we're gonna make this climb, but we gotta hold on to the chain. Now, the reason I said that is, is my wife didn't care if I came back. I've got a great insurance policy, you with me? (laughs) But she's like, if you don't bring those kids back, I'm gonna kill you, okay? So hey, hold on to the chain. Hold on to the chain. Hold on to the chain. Every step I said, hold on to the chain, guys. Hey, 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 hold on to the chain. Take a step, hold on to the chain. And so I'm trying to get us to a place. And every once in a while, we would get to a place like this one where we would stop, you know? Say, okay, let's just rest here. Now, as we rested there, you'll notice that I finally get there in this shot. uh, Just a little bit, I'm a little winded, okay? But I make it, all right, so... Okay, what do you just say we stay here for a while? You know what I'm saying? Wow, okay? We made it to this next level because we took one step at a time and we held onto the chain. These five principles are all from Proverbs And you gotta hold on to them if you're gonna make the right choice. And if if Solomon says it once, he says it a thousand times, make the wise decision, make the right step, and he says to hold on to these five chains. Are you ready? Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, you can write them down, but just, just remember, if I wanna make a right choice, here's my first, I call the first one, ask God, okay? I wanna hold on to this chain and I wanna ask God. It seems basic. But how many times do we run ahead of God and maybe don't go to him first? How many times is prayer that, in case of emergency, break glass, as opposed to the very first thing I'm going to do is just ask God for wisdom? How many times do we look to culture or, or, or look to other people and say, what are they doing? And that's going to be the choice. You know, when it, you know, we say, okay, well, what movies should I watch? Well, we're not gonna ask God what movie we should watch, we're gonna ask Flickster, because Flickster knows, Rotten Tomatoes will give us the percentages, we'll make the call. How many times do we say, you know, know, what am I gonna wear, or what kind of fashion should I represent? Well, we're not gonna ask God that, we're gonna ask Pinterest, because Pinterest knows, Pinterest will tell us what's (laughs) trending, all right? We're not gonna ask God where we should go, we're gonna ask Yelp, because Yelp will tell us the reviews, give us the pictures, tell us how many people liked it, there's nothing wrong with any of those apps, but how many times do we go to culture before we go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? Look at what the scripture says in Proverbs 2, verse 6 on the screen. This is the chain to hold on to. And, and I want to ask all the campuses: let's read this first phrase together. Let's say this together. What does it say? For the Lord gives wisdom. Notice the exclamation point. He says over and over again, hold on to the chain. Why wouldn't you go to God? He's the source of wisdom. Go to him and ask him what you should do. Well, how do I know what God wants me to do? It's answered in, this, in the same verse. Go to the Lord for wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. His word is where you go for wisdom. God, what should I do? Many times, most of the time, he's gonna show you in his word what you should do. The way I would say it to teenagers is, is before you go to Snapchat, have a chat with God. See what I just did there? Have a chat with God and pray to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? And and I need some wisdom. The the way I would say it to adults is before you go on Facebook and and look at whatever, face the book. See what I just did there? Face the book, (laughs) say God, what do you want me to do? So here's the question right next to ask God. Ask God, what should I do? God, what should I do? You're the source of wisdom and I'm gonna look in your word and I'm gonna discover what that is. You see, I, I love to report great news, and, and in this wisdom series, over 6,000 of you are getting the verse of the day on your phone. And it comes in every morning, and there's some wisdom for you. And I just wanna warn you, we're coming to the, near the end of this series, and so on August 1st, you're gonna look at your phone, and the verse is not gonna come in. And you're gonna panic, and you're gonna be like, well, I guess I'm done with wisdom. No. The whole point was to get you in the habit of reminding you that you can read the whole chapter of Proverbs for that particular date and day, and get you in the habit where there's Proverbs or another book in the Bible, another chapter, that I can go to this book and say, God, what should I do? Every decision starts here. Not what is in culture, not what is trending, but God, what is your will for my life, and what do you want me to do, and how do you want me to do it? I was so thankful when I became a Christian that there was a manual for life. I didn't have to go through the Christian life wondering what he wanted me to do. This book tells me how to have a good marriage. This book tells me how to handle my finances. This book tells me how to treat people. This book tells me how to make it through the troubles of life. This book tells me how to live. And every wise choice starts with, Solomon says it over and over again, hold to the chain, ask God then take the step. Here's another chain to hold on to. Once you ask God, you definitely wanna ask others. Ask other people around you that you respect and that, that you uh, believe are, are also on this journey, on this hike with you and say, what is your advice? What would you uh, say I should do about this situation? And, and let me just give you a tip about asking other people's advice. Never ask someone's advice and give a lot of weight to it when they would benefit from their answer. In other words, if you're a teenager and you're out uh, and your, your parents have told you to be home at a certain time, 15 minutes before that time as you're driving your other friends around, uh, don't pull the car and say, what do you guys think? Should I stay, should I go to my curfew or not? They're gonna benefit from the answer to say, nah, don't worry about it. Or, If you're a single out there, a single lady and a guy asks you, you know, would you marry me? Don't turn around and ask that guy if you should marry him. He has a little bit of skewed answer there. Find someone who's neutral, someone who knows your blind spots, and he'll speak truth and love to you, and get that advice. Here's what the, the Proverbs puts it, uh, chapter 20, verse 18 on the screen here. Here's the chain to hold on to. Get advice if you want your plans to work. If you go to war, get the advice of others. You still want to get the advice of others. Ask others, how would you handle this? How would you handle this? Get some people around you that you can just just get that advice from. And and he, he gives the analogy of a commander who's going to go to war. Before that commander goes to war, he's going to be wise. If he gets all of his generals in the same room, they look at the map, they count the troops, and he says, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? And then he can make the decision. That's what we want to do with wisdom. It says, stop, hold on to the chain. How would you handle this? Get some peers around you. But also, find someone ahead of you that you can ask this question to. How did you handle this? Watch the difference. How did you handle this? Find somebody who's already ahead of you, who's already been through it, because have you figured this out? You don't have all the time to learn everything by trial and error. You've gotta go to somebody else and say, how did you handle this? You see, if you're gonna start a business, go to someone who's already started a business and been successful and say, how did you do that? If you wanna have a great marriage before you get married and even in those first years of marriage, find someone who's been married a long time and say, can we take you out to dinner? How did you do that? Would you speak into our lives? If you're a mom who has babies right now and you've got your, your children in that preschool stage, find a mom who's got kids in that, that grade school stage and say, "Well, well, that means she didn't kill her kids and that means she's still sane. So I'm gonna go to her and say, how did you do that? Find somebody ahead of you uh, Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor Company, he said it this way when he was asked, how did you create such a successful business? He said, oh, that's easy, wise decisions. And said, so, okay, well, well, well how do you make wise decisions? He said, oh that's easy, experience. And said, so, okay, well how do you get experience? He said, oh that's easy, a lot of dumb decisions. <laughs> so, so, so you see, you don't have time to make all the, all the dumb decisions yourself. You can learn from people's successes and their mistakes and say, you know what, I'm gonna ask others, I'm gonna ask God, I'm gonna ask others and then I'm gonna take the step, but I gotta hold on to this other chain now. I've gotta gotta ask myself. You see, this is a great step of wisdom and a principle to hold on to, but at some point after you've prayed about it and sought advice, you gotta step back. You gotta ask yourself a question. God's given you a conscience for a reason. He's given you common sense, as his gift to you. And you wanna ask yourself this question, what is this decision going to cause? Wisdom, before it ever, st- all the way through Proverbs, as I make this decision, where's it gonna go? If I choose this small choice, what is the ultimate, where is the domino effect of this? I need to step back before I make one choice. And, and, and all the way through Proverbs, you see, make the wise choice, ask yourself, what will this decision do? cause. And the reason why is every decision has a price tag. Every decision costs you something. Every minute that you spend on something, don't just say, well, that was, just a, minute of my, that was a minute of your life you'll never get back. You can make more money. You can never make more time. And it's going to cost you. So before you step into it, where are you going to invest your life? What are you going to do? And, and is that choice going to bring you toward God's best? And God will show you. A wise person steps back and does this, a foolish person doesn't. Look at this verse, Proverbs 22 on the screen. It says, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, in other words, they'll say, I'm not gonna choose this because this is where it's gonna go, but a person who doesn't think about that, doesn't ask themselves that question, they're gonna walk right into it. They're not gonna be on the walk of wisdom, they're gonna walk right into it and regret it Later, how many of us have made that choice quick and without asking ourselves where it's gonna lead and then we have regret and pain and and, uh, embarrassment from not asking that question? You see, one of the uh, principles of life is is it's a lot easier to get into something than to get out of it, isn't it? I, I mean, when you think about relationships, you know they're easy to get into, they're hard to get out of. You know, it's easy to get into one. I love you, I love you too. Well, now you're in one, watch out. It's easy to get in one, it's harder to get out. It's easy to get into debt, isn't it? I mean, just get one of those plastic things and go around swiping it everywhere. Then you get the bill. It's easy to get into debt, it's harder to get out. It's easy to fill up your schedule. Well, yeah, I'll do that, well, of course I'll be there. Of course, yeah, it's easy to fill up your calendar. It's a lot harder to fulfill the schedule if you're not careful. It's easy to get into it, it's hard to get out. So a wise person says, wait a minute, where am I going to invest my life and what is my next step? Because every decision costs you something. That's why I so appreciate about Lake Point and real life. If you're new to Christianity and the church, as you are on that journey, if this is the first time you've ever heard about God and his love and, and how he sent Jesus to die for you and Jesus came back to life, we don't want you to feel pressure that right now you need to decide to give Jesus your life and receive him as your Savior and Lord. We believe it's a wise decision, but we also believe that we don't wanna pressure you into that because as you just consider it and step back and say, wait a minute, He he claimed to be God. He claimed to forgive sins. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago. He literally came back to life. The benefits of that life and peace and knowing he's with you, forgiveness from the past, the hope of heaven. And as you consider those benefits, we believe you'll come to the right choice. We believe you'll come to the right decision. But the reason why we don't want to press you is because that decision to follow Jesus will cost you. Because you'll have to turn from some things to turn to him. you have to walk toward his best, meaning you'll have to walk away from some other things. Things will change, but we know, those of us who know Christ, that that decision is worth it. But every decision has a price tag. And so I want to hold on and ask God. I want to hold on and ask other people that I respect and get some godly counsel. I want to ask myself, where is this trail going? Is it leading to God's best? And then we have to get to this fourth principle. You have to hold on to it. And some people miss this in the decision-making process, and they, they wonder why they're, they're just stalled out in life. And, and this is really deep, but here's the fourth chain to hold on to. You've gotta make a decision. You've actually gotta make a choice. You've actually got to decide to take the step. It's one thing to know what God wants you to do. It's one thing to collect all the advice. But it's a whole other thing to actually make the decision. All the way through the Bible, we find people who knew what God wanted to do, but they still had to step out. Moses, my people have been in slavery for 400 years. You're gonna go rescue them, Moses. Moses still had to decide to go and stand in front of the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, and say, let God's people go. Noah, you're gonna save the world from a huge flood, but Noah, you're still gonna have to decide to go buy a chainsaw, you hear me? Okay, he's still going to have to go. I've got to build a boat. It's going to take me 80 years. I've got to decide to do it. Abraham, you're going to be the father of a great nation, my people. But Abraham still had to leave his comfort zone, decide to let go of some things and, and, and move out into uncertainty and trust God. We have to decide to do it. But a lot of times, instead of deciding, we, we stay still and we don't decide. It's a lot like on Angel's Landing. It was, a, it was a crazy climb, but there was only one thing that was more scary than the heights and the sheer drop-offs, and that was when you came across someone who had stalled on the trail. So I came around a corner, and I saw this, this lady, and she was from a, a, a group from Japan that was climbing, and she was stalled out, and not only had she stopped on the trail, she sat down, and she was saying something, I don't know Japanese, but it wasn't good, She was really scared, really upset that she was there, and she just was there, and and I felt so much compassion for her, I I was like, lady, you gotta move. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm not letting go of this chain. I don't know which way you're going, but you are causing some problems right now. You see, what she didn't realize is, is her decision not to move was a decision. And What sometimes we don't realize is our indecision is actually our choice. When you stall out you know what God wants you to do, you've gotten the godly counsel, you know your motives are pure, it's gonna move you toward his best, you still have to move out. And a lot of times, like that woman on the trail, we're frozen in fear. We're just frozen in that fear. Maybe we're scared of making a mistake, we're scared of getting embarrassed, we're scared that somebody's gonna laugh at us, we're scared of getting rejected. Whatever we're scared of, it stalls us out, but we don't wanna admit we're afraid, so we just make excuses. Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, Lord, I can't talk. Well, Moses, I just heard you just fine. I just go do that in front of Pharaoh, okay? <laughs> Noah, uh, you know, or Gideon, Gideon, uh, you know, you're gonna you know, deliver my people from the enemy. I'm just too young, Lord. Abraham, let's go start a new nation. I am too old to do that. Have you seen how old Sarah is? You know, and we just wanna make make excuses, but I love what Proverbs 16, three says because it really tells us, hey, stop making excuses and make a decision. And it says this, it says, commit, and there's two very important words, watch this, commit your actions, not your ideas, not your intentions, not even your prayers or your I'm gonna do this one day, but I'm gonna do something. Commit your action to the Lord, make the choice, and then your plans will succeed. You've got to step out in order for God to continue to get you to his best. What are your excuses today? Are you saying to God, Lord, if I just had more resources, then I would do this? Maybe you're saying, Lord, if I didn't have so many resources, it wouldn't be such a risk. I wish I didn't have all this stuff to lose. Maybe you're saying, if only I was married, then I, w-. maybe you're saying, if only I wasn't married. <laughs> What's your excuse? I've got great news for us today. God is still in the business of using imperfect people in imperfect situations to bring about his best for our lives. If you are waiting for that perfect person to come along before you do something for God, they're not coming. If you're waiting for that perfect situation and then everything, it's not coming. You wanna step out in the uncertainty and that's where you're gonna see the miracles. That's when the Red Sea parts. That's when manna is delivered to a desert. That's when a boat is built on dry land. That's when a young man can deliver his people from an enemy that's, that's twice their size. When you step out, That's when miracles happen in your relationships, in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, in every other way. Miracles happen when you decide, I will commit this action to the Lord. I'm gonna hold on to that. And Lord, committing this to you, I'm gonna take that step. But you have to hold on to this fifth one. Don't forget this fifth one, because as you take that step, you've gotta stay a hold of this one. I call it staying humble, in this process of making this, please don't miss this one because you can say, well, Lord, I need to know this and then I do this and then I know, know that I've gotten good advice, I've got, I've got um, asked myself these questions and now uh, I'm gonna do something, no, I've gotta stay humble. In other words, Lord, should I marry this person and you just believe that God has shown you, you've gotten godly counsel, your motives are right, you guys have pure thoughts in it and you do that, well, I don't need to pray to God anymore now, right? No, now you really need to pray. All right, you just started the journey. Now, every day of your marriage, you better look to him and stay humble. Well, Lord, do I need to start this business? Do I need to step out and take that risk? And you start that business, well, then you don't need to pray anymore, right? No, now you really need to pray. God, you've got me on this journey. Now I wanna stop and just, because here's the thing you find in Proverbs. Wisdom and humility always go together. You've always gotta ask God how he wants you to live and what steps he wants you to continue to take because even if you do all these steps, you're gonna have problems, you're gonna face obstacles, and as you do, you wanna continue to trust God because he's teaching us something along the journey and it's the walk of wisdom. You see, in the New Testament, there's a story about Jesus teaching one day and he was ministering and teaching all day long. He was fatigued in the end of the day and he looked at his disciples and he said, let's go across the Sea of Galilee tonight. Now, let's just go through what the principles we have so far. They, they ask God, Jesus is God in the flesh, so step one, good. He wants us to go across the lake. Uh, step two is, is get some advice. Well, they look around, and among the disciples are actual fishermen, guys who grew up on this lake as boys went across the Sea of Galilee. We've got this, good advice. Then they knew their motives were pure because this would further the mission of Jesus on this other side of the Sea of Galilee when the sun came up the next day, so they set out. Now those of you who know this story, as they set out with all those, all those principles held on to, then they just had a wonderful, beautiful night, smooth sailing, stars came out, you could just almost hear hummingbirds flying through the night, fireflies everywhere. No, that's not what happened. If you read the story, all of a sudden a storm came up opposition waves are crashing the boat. They've held on to all these principles, they've taken the right steps, but they have to stay humble because it wasn't about the destination, it was about what they needed to learn. I love the fact that Jesus was so human, he fell asleep in a storm, he was so divine, he stood up and told the waves to be still. And all of a sudden, that group learned about faith. They learned about trust. They learned about things they would have never learned if they hadn't taken the steps and held on to this next one to say, Lord, we still need you. God, we're still on this journey, and Lord, every step counts. You see, some of us came for this verse I wanna share with you from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, because some of us are control freaks, and even if you're not, I want everyone at every campus to read this verse with me, okay? This verse is for all of us. Let's say this together. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You're welcome, You can make all the plans you want to, but stay humble enough to say, God, it's your purpose. It's your desire. This isn't like I thought it'd be, Lord, but I trust you. The storm's coming, God, but my faith is in you. I, I need you, Lord. I can remember four and a half years ago when God made it very plain to my wife and I that we needed to move to Austin and start a church. We sought his word. We did all these steps, held on to this chain, said, God, what do you want us to do? I remember we would sit at night and read scripture, and I would say, Look, Jesus said in Luke 19 10 that he came to seek and save the lost. And I would just say, Sweetheart, listen, there's over a million people in Austin that don't go to church. It's the most unchurched city in Texas, it's in the top 10 most unchurched cities in America. And 135 people are moving to Austin every day. That's a church moving there every day. I believe God wants us to connect with his mission to go to this city. And there were other verses that we would read that are so personal, I don't even wanna share them with you, or my wife would be looking at the Bible and say, hey, Micah, you're not gonna believe this. Once again, this is God telling us to do this. We knew his wisdom was telling us to do it. Then we got advice from people who lived in Austin and, and found out that in Austin, the most unchurched part of this unchurched city at that time was a place called Circle C. It was eight square miles, 18,000 people and no church building. We rented a house in the middle of that. We knew our motives were pure. We wanted to see the broken hearted healed and we wanted to reach broken homes and see God mend hearts and homes to him. So we stepped out. And when we stepped out, I just want you to know, we made the decision, we moved there. We knew no one. We had no core, core group or anything. It was hard. Church planning is some of the hardest work in the world and we, uh, we are so thankful through Lake Point to, to help church planners across America and the world. But we had opposition after opposition after six months We had 26 people. It was tough. As a matter of fact, one of those 26 is on the front row today, and I'm so thankful for him, but I was so humbled to sit down with Lake Point staff recently and look back at what God's done, and I wanna humbly tell you guys this. In the last four and a half years, with our decision following crisis was hard, we had storms, but in the last four and a half years, Austin has baptized over 500 people who've gone public with their faith in Jesus Christ. power that God can use when you just say, God, I need you. This isn't like I thought. It's not working out like I planned. But your purpose will prevail, and I will not give up. And that's the story of Lake Point. Starting in a bait shop with seven families, come a little bit further than that. One step at a time. Grand view of God's blessing. One step of wisdom. The walk of wisdom is safe. But I don't want to end this message with my story, I want to, or Lake Point's story. I want to end this message with your story. Here's two decisions that everyone will come across and have to make or not, but I wanna encourage you to make them. Here's the first one. Every campus, all over the internet, right here, you can make this decision. I'm gonna commit my life to Christ and I'm gonna be a part of his family. If you make that decision today, it's life changing. When you find out that there's a savior who loves you, that can forgive you, gives you the hope of heaven, and gives you peace today, it's powerful, it's life changing. But also when you say, you know what, I'm not supposed to be a Lone Ranger Christian, I'm a part of a community. It's called a family, we call it church. And you can connect with that, maybe your decision today is I'm gonna get into a life group. I'm gonna make, I'm just gonna go all in with this church. I'm gonna just make a commitment today that this is my family. When you do that, exponential things happen. Not just for the church family, but for your life because you're not on this trail alone. And you need other people that say, hey, hey, Hold on to the chain, (laughs) you know? Hey, hey, hold on, you need other people in your life, and it's called a family, and when you do that, you're gonna take steps that you can't even imagine. One story from our Corpus campus in Corpus Christi, a lady that came uh, two years ago that hadn't been to church in a long time, made a decision to follow Christ, made a decision to connect with her uh, church family for the first time in her whole life, and as she was on that journey, she started hearing about missions. Isn't it wonderful, Lake Point, that between Lake Point and real life this summer, we're going to see over 400 people go on a mission trip? Absolutely wonderful. And so on the way up here to this stage, I ran into somebody who just got back from Cuba, then I ran into somebody else who just got back from South Africa, then I ran into somebody else who just got back from Montreal. It is a wonderful place to know we're touching and changing the world. This particular lady heard about Ghana, Africa. We adopted uh, my fourth son from this village and our church has adopted his village. She went to this village. She looked around, she looked at the church planter we're helping and she said, how can we really get these people's attention? And and, and we had a town hall meeting of the people and they said, we need shoes. No one had ever had shoes in this village. And and she said, well what would happen if if you had shoes? She said, well the reason why we don't have shoes is we have to choose between food and shoes. But shoes would allow them to walk further and and get jobs and also be more effective in the fields and so many things and would raise the morale of the whole village and also establish the validity of the church planter that we had there. That was meeting under a tree at the time. This one woman started emailing her life group, started emailing business and coworkers in the community, started telling the church about what her dream was. She's gonna step out, whether people stay or she's crazy or not, whether anybody's gonna laugh, I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna get everybody in via shoes. And in one year, and this is her coming back from a trip. She gave me this picture. She took 300 shoes this particular trip, but because of one woman's passion, over a 1,000 people in this village are now walking around with shoes. And they're excited and they know that the hope came from the church and there, many are finding hope in Jesus Christ. Let's just give it up for shoes, come on, that's awesome. It really is. So everyone, everyone listening to me can make a decision. I'm gonna commit my life to Christ and I'm gonna be a part of his family and I'm gonna make this decision. I'm really gonna help others. That's what my life's gonna be about. If your life is about helping others, all of a sudden, you find out what life's about. Even if you're not a believer, listen to me, something inside of you goes, yes, I exist for something beside myself. And you start helping others, Proverbs says it this way, you refresh someone else, you get refreshed. You help someone else, it actually helps you. Now I wanna encourage you, yes, you can help the world, yes, you can go on a mission trip, but our mission begins when we leave this place and we walk back into our communities, back into our homes, back into school here in, in, a, in a few weeks and we walk back into our mission field and we say, how can I help you? How can I make one decision, one small choice that would help other people and make a difference? It's in a room this size, this is what I know. Many of you are taking the walk of wisdom. But also some of us are feel far away from that walk of wisdom. And I want you to know today, I know how that feels. I know how it feels to not be where God wants you to be. I've let go of these chains. I've slid a long way from where I was supposed to be. And it's such a helpless, empty feeling and a lonely feeling to say, I need to get back on the walk of wisdom, but you have no idea how far away I feel. Maybe today yours isn't how far you've gone away and stepped away, but the storm and the trouble and the, the struggle of the obstacles and problems of life. And I wanna close with a very encouraging word that one decision today will get you back on the trail, back on the path, and get you back on the walk of wisdom. And that decision is is to say, God, I need you in my life. For some, God, I need you again to show up in my life and I wanna commit that I will follow you. And this is how Psalm says it. In Psalm 91, it says this, and this is for all of us today. The Lord says this to you. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust me. When they call on me, I will answer, and all you have to do is just call on him today. I will be with them in trouble, I will rescue and honor them, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. What I love about God is he says to us, he's right behind you in your life saying, hey, hold on the chain, hold on the chain, and when you don't hold on the chain, you slide away. You wanna get back on the path? I'll rescue you, I'll help you, and I love you. Trust me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? At every campus and across the internet today, let us be still before God and let's trust him. Today, quietly at your seat, where you are, would you just whisper a prayer, not out loud, just in your life. Just say, God, I need you. Just tell him, God, I trust you. And would you just ask him today, God, what is my next step? And give me the wisdom to know it and the courage to take it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and the wisdom that comes from it. Thank you for what you've told us today and how you speak to all generations. Thank you for your love and compassion and mercy that helps us get back on the path when we slide away. And Lord, may we take what we have heard and sensed and felt from your spirit and take the steps and the choices this week that will help us become all that you desire us to be. And may we be on mission and on purpose and live our life intentionally in a walk of wisdom. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.